With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Is your new year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But Planet Fitness has the cure. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th. See Home Club for details. And good morning. And I'm going to type in, we are live, everybody, on those channels. Because like I said, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, doesn't get started, but... Welcome to Forging the Falcons on Wednesday morning, 9 o'clock. We are here every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. I am in Atlanta. I'm Scott Kennedy. This is Nick Kendall over on this side. He is in Seattle, despite the Hawkeye stuff here. Uh, So we are coast to coast covering football. And one of the things I, I wanted to get into is PFF released their top 150 fantasy football rankings. And As always, any type of list is going to be met with some scrutiny, but there's some bigger head scratchers than others. And I wanted to get into some of the Atlanta Falcons and where they fall on on this list and are their rankings fair? Could they be better? Could we do uh, some things a little differently on here? But first off, Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. A little tired. I stayed up late doing some unpacking stuff yesterday and... uh... Just getting everything together, but uh, doing well. Happy to be here. Excited to talk some Atlanta Falcons football and really enjoying the summer. I did tweak my knee, which is kind of pissing me off a bit. I don't know <laughs> if I can say that on here. But uh, other than that, uh, doing pretty well. Taking it easy on that knee because I got a very busy uh, August plan. So need that knee to be up in action. Well, what's fun is when you get hurt after 30, it bothers you for the rest of your life. So, you know, no big deal. Nothing to look forward to, you know, not, not to worry about. You're like, oh, that knee. I remember I did that. I twisted it. Getting out of the car when I was 32 years old, still acting up. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I want to say hello to some folks in the chat real quick. Ethan is coming in from across the pond, and that's where I happen to say good morning. And I said, hey, Ethan, Chelsea's doing some business. You know, we share a a love of the blues in London. He says, are you referring to Raheem Sterling? I'm like, well, and uh, they might close on uh, defender Nathan Ake and I can't pronounce <clears throat> Kubai's last name out of Syria, but he's a guy I've wanted for a long time. Uh, so they're they're keeping busy. So good morning, Ethan. Jeremy Sean coming in saying good morning. Good morning to you as well. And Joe Cannon coming on Facebook. So make sure as you are coming in on Facebook, it takes a little bit longer for those to ramp up, but make sure you're hitting that like button and the share button. Um, the the page is still growing. I haven't used it a ton. I've gotten I've gotten more into it. Uh, recently um getting back into writing and do all that kind of stuff on allfalcons.com so uh keep an eye on that page as well and kt firefly fire flame i re- feel like i recognize kt but it feels like a different name do you change your facebook name on this if not welcome and welcome back and come in um you know there's a couple things i wanted to get into you know when i when i saw this list my elite immediately wanted to see, okay, how high is Kyle Pitts? You know, because Kyle Pitts had a really good rookie season. He had Matt Ryan as his quarterback, who has made a lot of receivers look good in his career, and he's had some really good receivers in his career. Um, there's some question marks about the quarterback position and, you know, with Marcus Mariota, but I think Kyle Pitts's numbers should still be pretty good as a, yeah. as a top option and the things that he can do, and you're just – if you're a struggling quarterback, I want to find the guy that's 6'6 with a wingspan like a pterodactyl who can run a 4'4. He's my security blanket. Um, you know, does that do you agree with that, Nick? That that sound you, you don't expect oh. much of a drop off for him? He's gonna have a great year. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I expect a better year for him, honestly. Um, he's what is he 20 last year? Couldn't even buy a, a drink in a bar in Atlanta. <laughs> Probably not an issue for him. Um, but now he's going to be you know that much better. Uh, second year in the offense as well. I'm expecting a big year for Kyle Pitts. I think it was 
Daniel Jeremiah over on the NFL Network that said the fantasy hint on uh, Twitter two days ago now saying like, here I'm only in one league, but guess what? I'm drafting Kyle Pitts in every single one of my leagues, no matter what. Um, so uh, I've, I'm expecting Kyle Pitts to maybe be somewhat overdrafted this year because of the hype that he's getting right now. It seems like in the fantasy community, but uh, if that's somebody you want to bet on in the Falcons, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I think he's going to have a great year and there's not 10,000 options. And also because of the state of the Falcons defense, I'm guessing the Falcons are going to have to be passing a lot uh, in the fourth quarter, which, who are you going to throw it to? The guy with the pterodactyl wingspan. Yeah, again, I, I expect him to have a, a better season too. Even if he, he he's right around the neighborhood of, um, you know, a thousand yards because he just broke a thousand yards. He was right in that neighborhood. I expect. I mean, this this sounds you know pretty obvious, but with only one touchdown, I expect his touchdown numbers to increase. Yeah, I mean, they should at least double, right? I mean, he should have more than one touchdown in 17 games that that doesn't sound like a bold statement to me you know even if he has 850 yards 900 yards he should go between six to eight touchdowns minimum this year so uh it was just kind of a statistical anomaly now julio jones and matt ryan always got that discussion about you know why isn't julio score matt ryan sucks in the red zone well they've got red zone problems no doubt about it but julio jones was used like a running back uh, you know, he, they would throw him a quick screen and he'd have six catches for 60 yards on the drive. And by the time he got, they got down to the red zone, he was done. He's on the side. Why is Leo Jones always on the sideline in the red zone? Well, cause he got him there on, you know, running back type of touches and he's gassed. Um, that was, uh, you know, one of the reasons, not the only reason, but I noticed that more often than not. So coming in and looking at, uh, Kyle Pitts on, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and this is a premium article, but I'm going to link it anyway. Um, you know, some of you may have subscriptions or, or want to look at it, but it's a PFF. It's Dwayne McFarland's top 150. And again, um, there are some sorting problems in this, which I, I made reference in an article I wrote this morning where the guy that's 72 overall and 35 at wide receiver is ranked ahead of the guys that are 75 overall and ranked 30th at receiver. You'll, you know, that's just get that cleaned up. I've worked in spreadsheets and rankings forever. You know, it, it happens. Yeah. Um, but uh, I expect that to to get sorted. But to, to end the suspense here, uh, Kyle Pitts came in at 33. One of my all-time favorite numbers. I was a big Tony Dorsett fan when I was a kid. So 33 is, I think my I think my uh, Instagram handle is actually skinnity33. So coming in at 33 and tight end three. There's that number again. There's there's a, there's a three. Um, behind guys... Like Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, and wide receivers Keenan Allen, and the two tight ends ahead of him are Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. He's in good company. He's in yeah. he's in good company there. I think those numbers are probably about fair going in. Um, but again, I expect a thousand yards, half a dozen touchdowns, and if he does that this year, he should move up the list rather nicely. Yeah, it should be a good year for him. I guess the big question will be. Uh, how does Marcus Mariota get him the football compared to Matt Ryan? Uh, mm -hmm. It's been a bit since Marcus Mariota has, you know, been a starting quarterback and accumulated a fair amount of snaps and reps and throws in a season. What does that look like? Obviously, Arthur Smith is somebody that he's familiar with, so we kind can kind of translate that over. Not a one for one because he doesn't have a Derrick Henry now, um, which changes things tremendously. Mm -hmm. But he didn't have a Kyle Pitts uh, then as well, or maybe even a Drake London type. So. It'll be really interesting to see, but yeah, if there's one guy, let's say that, you know, how do I put it? Like there's not, you're not playing the value game where you're worried about overdrafting somebody or, you know, trying to maximize every single pick. Kyle Pitts is the guy you want on this Falcons roster without, without a doubt, uh, especially because he's a tight end. You can list him as a tight end and he's essentially a wide receiver, which right. you get maximum value for that. That's, I mean, that's cheating. Uh, that's one of the reasons that uh, Cordell Patterson was uh, so amazing last year at the running back spot is because running back wide receiver, getting all those touchdowns. I mean, you're getting extra value, especially in those PPR leagues. Yeah, and the PPRs for sure. And that that's where, and I'll get to this a little bit when we get to some of the running back questions, because there was a couple of big head scratchers here at the very top of this list for me. Um, how does he, you ask the question, how does Marcus Mariota get the ball, or Desmond Ritter for that matter, get the ball to Pitts? Now, on the bright side of things, the optimist in me that wants to see the, the, uh, the positive, okay, this is why it'll be better, uh, the linebackers that will be clogging the area that Kyle Pitts will be roaming across the middle should have more to focus on with a running quarterback. 
They should have their eye in the backfield a little bit more with Mariota and or Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter can fly. He was one of the – I think he had the best 40 time in the combine. 4-5, 4-5-3, somewhere in that area. But he's, he's fast. Marcus Mariota is fast. There's going to be a lot of RPO uh, that includes the run pass option, not just with the running backs, but with the quarterbacks. They'll be able to extend plays and be a running threat better than Matt Ryan was. So – if you've got them with their eyes having to stay in the, the backfield a little bit more, maybe that gives Kyle Pitts a little bit more room to operate over the middle in the intermediate routes. Uh, the negative side of things is uh, neither one of those players are nearly as accurate or you know as good as getting the ball to a receiver in, during the game as, as Matt Ryan is. I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan's, if he has 44.50 this year in yards with the Colts, he moves into fifth all-time in yardage, period, ever. Yeah. All time, you know, 4,400 yards isn't out of the question for him this year. No. Um, so, you know, he was he was good. He's a good quarterback. Uh, but like I said, the optimist says the reason for hope is the linebackers might be a little bit more occupied. And that could be a reason why Kyle Pitts could see uh, could see things opening up for him over the middle a little bit more uh, with the linebackers in their drop zones. And it will be really interesting to see what Kyle Pitts actual positional on the field usages now that drake london's there and russell gage is gone yeah that's true but if you're talking about freeing up the linebackers that to me says more in line maybe some Mm -hmm. big slot as well but i think you Mm -hmm. could see some uh x as well like we saw last Mm -hmm. year where he essentially functions as the the big wide receiver on the boundary so um we'll be curious i do think the falcons one of their big fate i mean they have a lot of weaknesses in the roster sorry guys but one of the big ones is a lack of true speed on mm-hmm. offense as well that can, you know, make teams not only, you know, take the top of the defense. Well, what does that mean? It means that you have to be playing like cover two or shading that cover one safety over in that way to create space on the other end. I don't really see that with where the Falcons uh, roster set up right now, but uh, you do have Drake London, who I am excited to see in this roster as well. Totally. I mean, talk about a twin towers uh, situation with Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. and Drake London there in Atlanta. So we'll be fun. I'm excited to watch it, even though I think this is going to be a, a team that's probably picking in the top five uh, this mm-hmm. year in the upcoming draft. We'll see. I mean, if Arthur Smith, if you get the, if you're picking in the out of the top 10, Arthur Smith should get, be a coach of the year candidate based on what this roster looks like, in my opinion. But uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be awesome to see. I'm excited to see, especially those two young weapons and what they can do this season. Yeah. I, like I've said, every single podcast multiple times is I, I try and reset some of the expectations. Oh, they were seven and 10. They should be better this year. Not necessarily. Um, not necessarily. In fact, I think they actually take a step back this year. And I want to warn people that ahead of the game, I mean, CBS sports has, this as the worst roster in, in NFL, whether you agree with that or not, they're not the worst, they're close. They're in the discussion. They're certainly not being in the discussion of being in the best roster, you know? So if you look nonpartisan, nobody has this team outside of the bottom five, nobody, um, but I, I, I mentioned that just because I, I think Arthur Smith did a fantastic job last year, and I'd like to see him get some time, and I don't want people starting to call for his head. Luckily, Arthur Blank is is pretty uh, pretty patient with his hires. Um, the other thing that makes Kyle Pitts so valuable, you mentioned his age. He's 21 now. He'll, he'll play his first snap this year at 21, and then he'll turn 22 in September. I think he has a September birthday. Um, if you're in a keeper league, you got your tight end for 10 years, you know, and more important, if you are a in a uh, in a dynasty league, not a dynasty league, I'm sorry, in a tight end mandatory league, uh, there's such a drop off after the first few tight ends that your tight end pick, your your first couple of those guys, and he is in that tier, ends up being one of the more valuable picks for sure. So uh, Hunter L coming in on YouTube, he says it's not a Falcons question, but how does uh, Kittle do with Lance rather than Jimmy G? Good question. Um, Nick, you want to take a shot at this one first? Because since we're talking fantasy football, we might as well, you know, we're, we're not afraid to talk to other teams. Yeah, I think that it, Kittle will take a step back um, with Trey Lance at the quarterback position just because the offense is going to change. It's going to go more um, in the way of a running uh, style offense. So I think there'll be less volume. I also think um, Jimmy G has been one of the more, you know, lower depth of target quarterbacks in football really work in the middle of the field. Some of that is the scheme um, of Kyle Shanahan, who, I mean, God, I think Nick Mullins was one of the fastest quarterbacks to 4,000 yards or something in NFL history with, uh, I think it's 
Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes or something, something like that. So, and that's not because Nick Mullins is good. <laughs> it's because that scheme is good. So I, I would expect George Kittle take a slight step back uh, in that regard. If Trey Lance is the quarterback this season instead of Jimmy G. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, uh, you know, Jimmy G Trey Lance isn't a proven anything just yet. You know, if, if, if you're looking at the, the ceiling of one of those guys as being Mac Jones, you know, most of the other ones struggled. Now, San Francisco 49ers are a better team. So you could say, okay, let's look at Mac Jones and see what they did. But Jimmy G right now is a better option than Trey Lance. At what point do you say, oh God, it was such a huge trade. I mean, you, it's almost a it cost you your job if you miss on that one. It, it will cost you your job if you miss on that one. So you've got all, every incentive in the world to go out there and use Trey Lance if you traded three first round picks to go and get him. Um, so, you know, I, I would think that Kittle would take a step back if the quarterback situation ends up being basically a first year guy. Um, Chris Walker coming in on Facebook. Thank you, Chris. This morning, guys. Happy hump day. Since fantasy, since fantasy football is on the horizon, do you think our running back Tyler Algier is a sleeper pick at running back? Also, is Mariota worth picking up as a backup running back? Uh, Nick, you can you can go first on this one. I am excited about Tyler Algier, Algier in this offense in general, but I do want to see what his usage is like first uh, before spending big volume on him. If you're like in the late rounds and you need to toss a flyer on a, a running back that, you know, let's say if knock on wood, but let's say Cordell Patterson gets injured. Tyler Algier is probably a pretty good flex option or a running back too. Um, but I want to see his usage. The other thing about Tyler Algier is I think he has limited upside in a, a PPR uh, type of league. I'm not expecting him to get many targets where you can really, um, offer a higher baseline uh, week to week. So he, I think he's going to be very much boomer bust in regards to touchdowns and vulturing those touchdowns, which um, obviously big, big value when you can do that, but it's just, it's uh, much more volatile. Uh, Tyler's actually ranked in the 150 on here um, mm-hmm. by, um, by Dwayne. Um, he's ranked 146 running back 50. And if you're in, that puts him at the very end. If you're, if you're in a 10 to 12 team league, 12 picks is, you know, if, if you're carrying 12 players, um, that's 144. So he's right on the edge of, of being drafted. I probably wouldn't take him. I just don't think he's going to get the carries. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the touches. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be, um, Damian Williams and Cordell Patterson getting the, the bulk of the carries with some spot carries there for, uh, for, um, Sorry, I'm going to have to get to Terry here in a minute. I'm reading his comments and it's distracting me. Uh, I don't think Tyler's going to get the carries to be worth a pick. But again, it might be a good stash with your 12th pick. And if there's an injury, he's going to pick it up here. Uh, Terry's getting pissed. He's like, listen, I'm getting tired of uh, I'm getting tired of the bad talk here. So you're all talking crazy. And this stuff's getting old. Uh, we're not picking top five. Just stop it. Um and again, I, I agree. It is it is getting old. Uh, last week we we started talking about uh, you know reasons for optimism. You know what? How are some of the things that was the show? I hope I hope you got to see it last week. Things that you can be excited about. The things now. The question is: is a lot of those have to go right for them to go uh, for them to be? Uh, you know, you're not going to get a yes on all those, and some of your yeses are going to turn into maybes. My concern is is you say this with such authority that we are so off base that it's out completely out of the realm of possibility when it's not, when it happens, are you going to go looking for blood? Are you going to go looking for blood? That's, that's my concern, Terry, is that people are going to be calling for heads. If this team does go three and 14, four and 13, I I have trouble doing the math on 17 games. It's, It's such a reflex. Are you going to go looking for blood? I mean, are you going to be calling for heads? I want this guy gone. I want this guy gone because I don't want, no matter what the record is this year, as long as the team is still playing hard and they're showing signs of rookie progression, I don't want Arthur Smith gone this year. And there's a lot of folks that are pointing to a bad season. Again, you're playing with two thirds of a roster. A third of it is in dead cap. That is one hell of a handicap. It really yeah. is. There's there's depth, there's holes of depth and there's holes on the starting 22 that, that are concerning that we've touched on before. But again, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to hash on that. I've put that out enough times that it is. Don't need to repeat it every week, especially for our, uh, for, you know, for our repeat viewers like uh, Mark Schrader coming in on YouTube. Appreciate you, Mark. Good morning. How are you doing? 
And Joe Cannon comes in. That's a great question, Joe. Says, if, if Desmond Ritter shows he can be a QB of the future, but you're, but but we're picking top five, do we still go with a quarterback or should we consider Anderson or Carter? I think Maybe. there's lots of yeses in that question. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Joe, if he shows it's, he's a QB of the future, will he get that chance this year? At what point you know, do you say that you're, you're picking top five, that Desmond Ritter comes in? Um, it's like, hey, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose with a rookie. Because you know Mariota's on basically a one-year deal, and that he shows enough, but the team's bad enough that he struggles. You know, you look at the rookie quarterbacks last year, and everybody's saying, "Oh, this quarterback class was overhyped. This quarterback class, these guys, Trevor Lawrence, blah, uh, Zach Wilson, man." Um, you know, the, the, I think the one that was, whose stock was probably the highest was probably Trey Lance. He didn't play. You know, the guy that did the best went to the best team. The Patriots, yeah. the guys that are picking there are on bad teams. Rookie quarterbacks are supposed to struggle. So is it even possible for Desmond Ritter to show enough this year? Is he even going to get the chance to show enough this year on a team that would be poor that would be poor if they finish in the top five, that you would discount a quarterback in the top five? Yeah, the, uh, the the big thing here, this is a little bit of disconnect, where if, I think if Ritter shows enough to completely discount a quarterback in this draft, you're not going to have a chance at mm -hmm. Anderson or, or Carter or one of those quarterbacks. You'll probably be showing uh, later than that. So or picking later in than the that. eight to 12 range, you know, maybe, or if you're knocking on the door of 500, yeah. um, if, if you're 500 and, and Desmond Ritter's engineering that he's a, uh, he, he is your quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yep. He is your quarterback. And, and that makes it real interesting. Cause I said, there's a lot of yeses in this. Do you still go with a quarterback? Probably not. Should we consider um, Anderson, why am I, Nick Anderson, uh, Alabama, Will, or Jalen Will Carter, Anderson. Georgia? Yes and yes. Yeah. You should consider those, but you should also, if you're in a spot to trade back, to get a haul. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. If someone offers me three first-round picks like San Francisco did to, uh, to Miami to come out of that spot for a quarterback, and I think Desmond Ritter can play, I'd be real, I'd be real, it'd be real tough for me not to take that deal, even if if, if Jalen Carter and Nick Anderson are still on the board. Nick Anderson was a point guard. What's, what's Will, Will Anderson, sorry. Will. Nick Anderson, yes. like from the way back machine. Um, you get those names stuck in your head. I don't know how announcers don't do it more often. You know, when they call kids out there, they call them by their dad's names. You know, yeah. <laughs> they're calling uh, Will Anderson, not Nick Anderson. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, we'll see. There's some other names. Obviously, we'll get into it some point here. Um, going to be weird uh, for me covering the draft this year without the you know the first round pick uh, in 2023. But uh, we'll get into it, and uh, of course, be a lot of fun to talk about that. But yeah, Jalen Carter, probably one of my favorite players in the draft this upcoming year. His game again. You've heard me say it on here a few times. His game against Kentucky last year was unbelievable. I mean, just a one man wrecking crew. And Will Anderson, I think you know as good as. CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are Will Anderson's going to have a, a chance to go number one overall, uh, kind of like uh, Miles Garrett did um, a few years ago. He's, you don't think that's a chance no, in hell? I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a chance he goes number one overall with the hype around these quarterbacks. Miles Garrett was a shoe in for, a, and maybe I'm thinking of Javian Clowney's class. Javian Clowney was a shoe in for number one because there yeah. weren't really the. The quarterbacks this year's they're the, they're the quarterbacks you know if you've got even a remote shot at a franchise quarterback they're going number one overall i mean it's just if it's if it's even close the quarterback's going it's just that's just the way it is in this league and as we talked about before you give up three you know two first round picks and a haul for a guy who's ranked eight and russell wilson yeah. he's 33 years old you know you yep. give up three first round picks and give a $250 million to Deshaun Watson, who's 25 years old, hadn't played for a year and may not play this year. And you're giving up, you know, five picks for that guy. It's just, it's a quarterback league. You know, it's just, it's, I just think, I don't think there's any way unless these guys pull a Spencer Rattler and fall flat on their faces. In, yeah. in, and I don't see that happening um, in, in college football this year that a quarterback doesn't go number one. I think that Will Anderson is a good enough pass rusher at that position that uh, you might have that conversation. Now, it could be bad in hindsight, kind of like what we're seeing right now with the Washington Commanders should have taken Justin Herbert instead of taking uh, Chase Young there. Obviously, with hindsight, it's much easier to say that. Um, but I do think that Will Anderson is the one player in this class that it, it could happen for. Um, I think he's that caliber of guy. Quarterback's going to get pumped up right now, but 
we haven't seen them play this season yet. So things could uh, regress a bit and Will Anderson could go bananas. Honestly, I think we have, we had this conversation before. If I was Will Anderson's agent, maybe things change now with the NIL, but I'd be like, Hey buddy, like you probably more likely to hurt your stock uh, than move up from the top three. Maybe you should take a year, you know, getting your body ready for the, uh, the combine or anything like that. And just, you know, pr- protect yourself. But uh, I know sanctity of the game, blah, blah, blah. But uh, he's, he's a, he's a free, he's a phenom. He reminds me of Von Miller. I mean, Miles Garrett went number one. You know, you know what? You probably know. I had to look it up. You know who went number two that year? Uh, was it Mitch Trubisky? It was Mitch Trubisky. You yep. know, Mitch Trubisky was never considered one of those guys. You know, but he was ne- like, the next uh, two quarterbacks were Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it was. And, and Deshaun Watson, let's see, you go down. The next one's Patrick Mahomes and then Deshaun Watson at 12. Uh, Mahomes, the question's coming out of the system. And, he, and, and even when he got there, I don't remember who it was, but I remember the quote one of the former chiefs players was, you know, was being interviewed and they said in his first year, like, he was like, that's, that's who you guys drafted. You know, it was, it, it's, he made a, it doesn't happen very often, but the transformation he yeared from year one to year two and, and through that was, was really good. And then Deshaun Watson, um, his arm strength was, was okay. He was Deshaun Watson and Mac Jones were very similar, um, mm-hmm. coming out as far as, you know, why you really like him. It was as much, as much about intangibles, then you know the raw athleticism. Deshaun never had the rocket arm or the tools that make you up in a number one. So, um, where I, I think you're going to have that in, in this class for sure. Uh, if we didn't say good morning to to, uh, to Kevin as we're discussing, you know, Eagles and Hawks and Falcons this morning, um, Southern Miss uh, with the uh, with, he's definitely a hawk. That looks that, that logo looks an awful lot like yours, Nick. I'm going to start calling you the Southern Miss guy. Uh, yeah, um, I think there was some um, some. Uh law stuff involved there between the Hawkeyes and uh, Southern Miss with their logo uh, back, back a little bit. Is your new year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But Planet Fitness has the cure. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th. See Home Club for details. NAJ coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Sorry I'm late. Hey, we are glad you're here. But get back to the, the topic at hand. Um, talking about the fantasy football rankings. Uh, wide receiver, rookie wide receivers. Um, a bunch of them went early. There's some questions around a couple of them with some injuries, but Drake London is, he was the first uh, wide receiver off the board, and he is the number one ranked rookie wide receiver on this PFF list that I dropped in the chat earlier. And he comes in at, I had him, now I can't find him. Control Drake F. London, Drake London. <sighs> he's right here in front of me. There he is. He's at 72, but again, I think there's a sorting problem because he's listed as a wide receiver 39 which puts him ahead of 35, 36, 37, and 38 at wide receivers. So call it 72 to 78. Um, I think once I started off the top of my head for a a wide receiver one to the Atlanta Falcons, that seems a little low. And then I looked and I was like, okay, well, where did the 40th wide receiver? There were 40 receivers, including tight ends, that had 800 yards or more last year. So 800 yards feels like a floor to me. That feels like a floor to me for Drake London. You take this guy number eight overall, he's going to walk into your starting lineup. He's clearly the most talented wide receiver you have. He might be the second option behind uh, Kyle Pitts, but he's your wide receiver one. 17 games, that's like 45 yards a game to get 800 yards. That's not too much to expect from a a rookie rookie. Rookie wide receiver. Sorry, God, I had to. You know what's awesome to expect, though? And I don't say expect because I certainly appreciate it. It's Mark Schrader coming in with a super chat. You rock, Mark. We certainly appreciate yeah. all the support uh, you have. And if you have any questions about these guys or any of the guys, please, as always, let us know. Um, but going, you know, going back to Drake London, about 800 yards and two or three touchdowns would put him at wide receiver 40. That seems a little low for expectations, even for a rookie for me with it, with this team. I think the numbers will be there based on talent and opportunity. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Um, I guess the big question, the reason they always put those numbers so low is because they account for injury. So if a guy like, you know, is out six games and poof, there goes all of uh, the averages. So um, they always, they, they do that with 
all players uh, st- st- uh, statistics. I think I heard it from Mike Clay uh, talked about it before when I was discussing it. I'm like, why are you so low on player X's output when he had this last year? It's like, well, but this is first- just a straight list. Yeah. So if you if you f- apply that logic to everybody, yeah, I, you, I was just talking about got your numbers. The same handicap. Yeah, more so the numbers you threw out rather than the list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's, I think that kind of speaks to this wide receiver class, um, as well. And also again, we're coming back to it, just the options, um, at the mm-hmm. position, right after Drake London and, uh, Kyle Pitts, a lot of question marks there. So I do expect both those guys to get force fed, uh, yeah. a, a lot of, uh, targets per game, even if it's a lower volume passing op- op- offense, um, compared to what was it, uh, Brian Edwards, um, those you want to be giving Drake London and Kyle Pitts all the chances they possibly can. And also it's a, it's a growth season. So give them every opportunity to, uh, you know, work on their work on their game with a high volume of targets. Yeah. I mean, three catches at 15 yard average over the course of a season average, you know, that's, that should put him there. I would consider that a floor. I really would. So I started thinking, okay, there were 26 receivers that had a thousand or more yards last year. A thousand yards, half a dozen touchdowns, puts him at the Hollywood Brown number. That's what Hollywood Brown had a thousand and eight yards and six touchdowns. I'm like, okay, that's starting to feel more like a ceiling, um, which put Hollywood Brown, I think, at 35 overall and the 16th wide receiver coming into this year. Now, his numbers might go up some. There, there might be some consideration. He's playing in Arizona. Um, Kyler Murray, his numbers might go up some. But uh, I don't think it's out of the question to think that he could have those numbers. And you know who comes in right behind Hollywood Brown is Cortland Sutton. I know we got a lot of Broncos that, that end up watching this. So I'm not saying that, that the, again, this isn't a who's better list. This is a production list. Cortland Sutton's going to have to share the ball around a lot. If you were to say 1,000 yards and half a dozen touchdowns for Cortland Sutton right now, you'd probably take it. Yeah. You'd probably say, yeah, I'll take that. Because, you know, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Okawebenam, Javante Williams, um, all those guys will be taking away touches. But again, from the for the wide receiver option, Cordero Patterson will get some, but he'll get a lot of touches at running back. Kyle Pitts will get a ton, and Drake London should get a ton. Just yeah. out of pure opportunity, they're going to scheme ways to get him their first-round draft pick the ball. So I, I think that they're actually sleeping a little bit on Drake London coming in as wide receiver late thirties in the 72s. I think, I think a thousand yards and half a dozen touchdowns is a realistic option for him this year. Yeah. I mean, both Pitts and London, a big question for me is what's going to be the, the go-to who's going to be the go-to in the red zone, because obviously touchdowns are a big, big contributor in fantasy football. This that even goes more so for standard leagues. So um, who's going to, is there going to be, is it going to be 50, 50? Is there going to be one guy who's preferenced over the other in the red zone? I'm really curious to see that. Haven't heard anything about that. Obviously, why would they, Oh, we're going to try to get Kyle Pitts the ball. Let's everybody, Hey, game, game plan for this. But um, we'll be curious to see that. Um, one of these guys is going to pop and be a very good starter. Uh, for a team right now, I think Kyle Pitts is the safer option because you have less options at tight end than wide receiver. But if you're playing in a league that is three starting wide receivers and a flex, uh, Drake London definitely is somebody that I'd be targeting there um, mm-hmm. in that area. So uh, he's going to be a good player this year, um, really mature player. Also, I'm excited about his versatility. He's not just going to be you know an outside player. Drake London did some of his best work in college as a big slot. So mm-hmm. you can play matchup ball with him, which I think makes him a little bit more uh, week-to-week stable um for for your um for your outputs you can you can invert them and have uh you know run a four wide and you've got your two slots as kyle pitts and drake london and then you got alameda zakia so you can't even see out wide it's like wait a minute where is he there? <laughs> the two guys we'll just invert these guys we're gonna we're gonna play basketball yeah. um cordero patterson also made the list coming in at 87 i also think that's a little low for him he had 1200 yards and about 12 touchdowns combined last year uh, so this is banking on he's not going to repeat those numbers. And I don't know that he's going to repeat them either. Um, just, you know, that was a a breakout year for him at 32 years old. Uh, does he come back to the norm? Not even the norm, because it was so much better than anything it ever did. But does he, does he do his numbers regress just a little bit in 2022? That wouldn't be totally shocking, would it? No, not at all. I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, but uh, we'll see. Like, uh <clears throat> 
just the if you see a year that's a big out, uh, outlier, then especially if, if you stack multiple years, think of that as a probably a very high uh, high likelihood regression candidate. Um, sometimes it stays again, but again, that's you you want to trust the career norms when there's been enough of a sample size generated rather than one outlier season. But you, you say career norms, <laughs> but this was the first time he'd really been put in that type of position. You know, yeah. as a as a you know basically, I won't say full time, but for the NFL. Yeah. You know, where the full-time running back is a thing of the past, almost, you know, it yeah. was, he was a, a starting running back. So yeah. again, I, I think similar numbers, which should put him higher than 87 to me. Yeah. Um, Chris Walker comes in with a good question. We, as we get back to uh, the rest of the team, he says, I know we shouldn't expect to make the playoffs this year, but is our defense going to prove any or at all? Yes. And I, I think there should be big time, big time improvement on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, last week, Nick, we talked about maybe, you know, the biggest concern I still have on on both sides of the ball or in the trenches. Yeah. And after we did the show, the Falcons went out and got Eddie Goldman at, at nose guard. Now, we're not we don't he, not saying he's Aaron Donald, but he is a humongous upgrade over yeah. what has been there in the in the past year or maybe even longer. So now instead of Grady Jarrett and. Oh my God. And oh, I don't think so. You got a legitimate pro and Eddie Goldman next to Grady Jarrett. And now there's just one question mark in that three, four line. Well, yeah. that's two thirds of your defensive line now that is now in good hands instead yeah. of just one third. Um, so starting there, that is a huge improvement and it didn't just stop there for the defensive improvements, Nick. Yeah, nope. It's a big one. Also, you talk about the edge rushers should be better last year, uh, better than last year. Um, you know, we don't need to dunk on Stephen Means already than more than we already have on this show. Um, but <clears throat> you know, you have Arnold Evichetti, you had a uh, Malone um, from Western Kentucky. Uh, you bring in Lorenzo Carter. The pass rush should be better. Now that being said, you're talking about <clears throat> day two edge rushers. Typically, if you're not if you're taking an edge rusher outside of the top 10, 15, it's more of a slow burn where, you know, year two, year three, that, that's when it clicks versus, you know, immediately on the scene dominant. So it still should be better than last year, but it's going to be baby steps um, expected for that uh, front. The other question would be um, losing uh, Aluakon. Uh, is Troy Anderson going to be healthy day one? What's that look like uh, for that front? Um, is Dion Jones going to improve at all? Should considering the defensive front in uh, in front of him should be improved, but coming off an, a surgery, there's question marks there, but the Falcons defense last year, I mean, probably one of the bottom five in football, they have pieces now. I, but it's probably more of a, where they're going versus where they are this year, a conversation with a lot of those pieces. Yeah. And, and just, you know, talking about, okay, start on the defensive line. We go to the edge rushers by default. They still might not end up being good, but they can't be any worse. So therefore by default, do they get better? Yes, they improve. Uh, Lorenzo Carter should be at least an equal to Dante Fowler. And, and Steven Means was the worst pass rusher in, in the NFL. Um, you know, God bless him. He was, uh, you know, just, again, just look at the numbers. They're impossibly bad. You should be able to mistake your way into having a better pass rush than them. And again, Talking about, <clears throat> I think the uh, the locked on Falcons. I think it was Marcus did a you know could we get double the sacks from the edge rushers? I'm like, well, hell, if you doubled the team sacks, you're still only tied for 18th in the NFL with 36. That's how bad it was. So yes, it's going to get better. I like the linebackers, and then in the backside, hopefully you'll see an improvement from Richie Grant. Uh, you know, but you don't necessarily even have to see an improvement because um, you know uh, Harmon and Harris were just okay last year they weren't great and then Casey Hayward is a huge improvement over Fabian Moreau huge yeah. so AJ Terrell is long and in these are the things where you might end up with a you, you think you've got the answer and you might not as long as AJ Terrell doesn't take a step back it's a possibility I'm we're not counting on that if he continues playing at his level and Casey Hayward comes in at one corner this defense should be a lot better and not just better, they should be more exciting. It should give you more options to, to send pressure from different places where you couldn't get any pressure with the blitz, you couldn't get any pressure without a blitz, and you couldn't cover anybody for long enough. It was it was just try and hold on and keep it close and maybe kick a, a young way coup field goal at the end. Um, so, yes, this defense should be improved. 
a lot, a lot, Chris. You'd hope so. Um, I guess there is one thing that could happen that maybe you have a question mark here and we're banking on. I think this is the one thing you go right in Sharpie is going to be a stud, but there's a chance for regression. And also there's, I mean, especially if you have a small injury and that's AJ Terrell, who's, you know, one of the top five cornerbacks in football. Let's say he pulls his hammy, um, knock on wood. Um, but for the cornerback position, that's one reason that the position tends to fall off more dramatically than any other in football. It's such a space and a reactionary mirroring position that if you're tweaked at all, um, you, you go from a feeling, let's say 95% to 80, your play, your form will drop great at crazy levels. Um, yeah. so that's something that could totally change the, uh, integrity, the structure of the back seven and, uh, make the, even though you have improvements in the front, uh, the defense could regress a bit because that's how they, good he was last margins. Year. And there is zero depth on this team, you know, yeah. where there's holes in the starting 11. So there's no depth, um, except maybe linebacker, except yeah. for maybe linebacker and inside linebacker. Um, I like Rashawn Evans, Deion Jones can do a job for sure. And I really like Troy Anderson, those three at minimum. And then you, you drop in Michael Walker in there and see what he's going to do. I I think that's the one place where you have some decent depth is at the linebacker position. And and that's a devalued position. (laughs) Uh, but I do, I do like those guys. Um, Michael Rankio coming in says, good morning, Scott and Nick. I'm forging the Falcons. Have a great show. Well, thank you, sir. And Joe Cannon also saying with Pitts, London, Patterson Edwards is receiving option. We should have something nice. Um, yeah, there are. Now the question is, and why I wasn't all about a receiver, well, the last two seasons really, uh, in the draft is because you still have questions on the offensive line, huge questions on the offensive line. And now you've got questions at quarterback too. So the receivers are being there, but do you do this Cincinnati Bengals style? We've referenced the Cincinnati Bengals, Bengals several times and how they dumped some high draft picks and $300 million in free agency, and then got their quarterback. And then they went out and got their quarterback. And, you know, two years after they get their quarterback, they're in the Super Bowl. So I feel like if we're using the Cincinnati Bengals as a, the, the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals as a reference point, I feel like it's 2019, 2018, 2019, where they're getting some pieces and they're loading up because the Falcons are going to have a ton of money next year. And then they can start adding premium players instead of bargain basement guys who are looking for a chance to start every day. Eddie Goldman. Uh, Eddie Goldman will come in and be an immediate starter and he's cheap, uh, you know, for, for what they do. So it'll be nice to, you know, when you've had to shop and budget like that, you become a much better evaluator. I'll tell you that much. So Terry Fontenot and the general manager and Arthur Smith, when they get some money, they use it wisely. They can build a, a really good team pretty quickly. Yeah. We'll be really interesting to see how it turns around again. This is a building year. And I know that, uh, who is it out Terry getting upset at us. Um, I'm full belief that this year would be better for the Falcons to, you know, take their bumps and bruises mm-hmm. uh, and come out on top uh, with a pick this year, but really bounce off the bottom. I mean, the, the perfect example here and the team that I think you'd love to emulate would be the Cincinnati Bengals who were, mm-hmm. you know, terrible for years. And, but they were quietly making some good draft picks here and there. And then they had that one year where they bottomed out and got Joe Burrow and man, they bounced off the floor hard. I mean, f- two years later in the Super Bowl, and with the way the NFC is set up right now, I don't think that's out of the possibility for the Falcons. I mean, is that likely? No, because the, yeah, a lot of things had to go right for the Bengals to even get there. But there's not a lot of young stud quarterbacks in the NFC that would be in the way is that if you landed a CJ Stroud and he hit um, pretty quickly like a Joe Burrow or J- Justin Herbert have, you're in the conversation. Um, so I think it's definitely a year where even if the results in the win loss column aren't there, you're looking for those individual players who are like, okay, who is going to be a part of this, this life raft conversation that is for 2023, 2024 and beyond. That's what this season is about. And that's what, again, I can say it as a, uh, somebody who covers and supports the Broncos. That's where we've been for the last four or five years where, okay, well, who, who's going to be a part of this next era in Denver? Because right now the win loss, while we're pulling forward in the moment, this is going to be a forgettable team, a forgettable season where we kind of have an idea where it's going and anything you get, if you make the playoffs or anything, that's just gravy, but I don't think the expectations should be there. And as you mentioned, then you shouldn't come with fury for a uh, Fontenot and uh, Smith as well. Yeah. And again, hitting on free agency, they, you know, we, we forget, but the, the Bengals spent a ton and they hit, you know, they, they spent in the trenches, edge rushers, defensive line, and they hit. They did very. They did very well. How are they able to to smother the Chiefs when the Buffalo Bills couldn't? Better defense. 
know, they had a much better pass rush. So I'm very curious. The next 14 months, next year in free agency is going to be a lot of fun for the yeah. Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it hasn't been fun the last two years. Uh, it's been how do we dump salary and, and, and find guys that can come in and play. Let's see who's used to play for the Chicago Bears. That's how it's been over the last uh, the last year or so. I expect it to um, to get to get better. Um, and there's some discussion here between Joe and Chris. They're talking about how the defense wasn't as bad last year as it's been in years before. It can still improve, and I expect it to. And again, a lot of that was scheme. Uh, you know, yeah. Chris says, um, you know, I know it was bad last year, but our but it was it was bad under Quinn. But our roster talent was conservative worse last season. And that's where you know Joe says. You know, Dean Peace was a was a huge improvement. Now he came out of retirement. How long is he going to be around? He got it done a lot with smoke and mirrors, and you know, just again making you go the long way, keeping possessions down, and making them work their way down the field to score. It certainly wasn't because they were beating us on huge plays, beating the Falcons on big plays because we were taking <coughs> a lot of chances because they weren't. Eighteen sacks, come on. Um, but, you know, you had a couple of journeyman at safety. Your, your pass rush was, well, we've, we've hit on that. Um, you had some good linebackers and a, and a wonderful second-year corner. Wonderful. So, Nick, we got a, just a couple minutes on here. Uh, and I want to hit r- real quick before we get out of here. Um, because this one, the one, again, the, the going back to the top of the show and the, the uh, PFF 150, number two, Jonathan Taylor is number one. I think that, that makes just a lot of sense. Jonathan Taylor... Mm-hmm. More than 500 yards, better than the next running back. Number two, though, isn't Derrick Henry, isn't a wide receiver. It's Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. It's Christian McCaffrey coming in. I want to be in a league with this guy if you've got the number two pick and I've got the number three pick and you're taking Christian McCaffrey. I, I understand to a certain extent, but you don't then have Derrick Henry at number nine overall in the fourth running back. You know how do you how do you punish Derrick Henry for nine hundred a nine hundred yard season when McCaffrey hasn't rushed for seven hundred yards in the last two years combined and could be just about done can't stay on the field? How do you take Christian McCaffrey as a running back to the number two overall player? You can't, can you? I would not do it um, over Derrick Henry. One, I guess if it was a PPR league, you maybe can like a pure PPR league. You can have a conversation. Got to be on the field. Yeah. Uh, you're banking on a lot of uh, hope and upside there. I would say that the Panthers offensive line has improved. And with Baker Mayfield added, you do have a bump there as well um, in comparison to Sam Darnold. But that's a uh, that's a risky pick. That's one of those ones where I'm probably just putting Derrick Henry in my back pocket and being like, okay, um, I'm going to lean with him. Uh, three overall, maybe we're starting to have that conversation, but I don't feel very good. I'd rather have a pick closer to the turnaround at the bottom of the first round uh, I mean, than if, taking if, Christian McCaffrey. If I'm in a, a keeper league, I'm looking, I'm trying to make me trade. You know, we talk about running backs in their second contracts, especially a, a, the diminutive one. I mean, he's not small. He's small-ish. Um, Austin Eckler was the running back three ahead of Derrick Henry. And that, that one seemed to me just off the cuff, a little bit of a head scratcher until I started looking at his receiving numbers. Um, his receiving numbers are put him in, in the list where his overall numbers were very close to Jonathan Taylor. He had 20 touchdowns and... Um, and 2,000 yards from scrimmage. I'm like, okay. And he had 90 catches two years ago. I'm like, okay. In a PPR league, he might mm-hmm. be number one, for God's sakes. Yeah. It would be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Christian McCaffrey, the, the person. So hopefully he can kind of get it together and get healthy. Uh, not for the Falcons' sake, but just in general. Um, but uh, we got Ethan coming in here, uh, helping us uh, start to wrap it up, saying, great show as always, guys. Uh, any sponsors? Today's podcast is sponsored by my dog Summit. Uh, he's being yeah. a good boy upstairs. I can hear him whining though. Yeah, he, this is this today's show. As we get out of here, and we're going to head over to beckoning the Broncos. Is back. Kim is back uh, today. Um, but any sponsors for today? Yeah, we'll say the show was brought to you by Ethan, the DWI guys in London. So if you you ever need some legal help or advice, make sure you look up the DWI guys in uh, in in the UK. And also brought to you by Ryan Kennedy Homes. You see on there, uh, ryankennedyhomes.com is where you can find her. And uh, just a knowledgeable experience. The market's cooling just a little bit. It is. It's cooling a little bit. So you need a realtor as much as ever to make sure that you're pricing your home correctly. Or if you're trying to get into the market, uh, you still need to know when these houses are coming up. Because some of these houses aren't even hitting the market. And if you don't have a realtor, you're not going to get into the market at all. So Check out Ryan Kennedy Homes. 
of Keller Williams. Um, she has been killing it. And uh, so has Ethan. We certainly appreciate it. So thank you so much. On that note, uh, I think we are going to uh, to call it a day. And um, again, there's, I love the Eddie Goldman edition. I yeah. love it. You know, I, I've, I've complained about the trenches for, for years, years. And I'm like, okay, th- th- this, this team can't be what we want it to be if you're weak in the trenches. Well, now you've got two of the three spots sewn up and you've got a rookie and Taquan Graham and Marlon Davidson, who is now a third-year guy who can battle it out for that other spot. Okay, well, let's get some good competition there and see if one of those guys, if, if, they're, if Davidson's ready to take the leap to where he should be and if Taquan Graham can build off a pretty good rookie season, I feel a lot better about that. I really do. So I'm looking forward to watching this defense. I think it's going to be a lot better. And then there's some intriguing options on offense for sure. So yeah. could be interesting. Um, but again, a lot of things have to go right. Uh, and, and and some of the things that we might not even be expecting. Jalen Mayfield then turns into a top five guard because it just clicks for him. You, you never know. Uh, Jermaine Freedy comes in and sews up the right tackle position. Uh, Matt Hennessy all of a sudden becomes a beast. You know, all those things. Marcus Mariota discovers this Heisman form from Oregon. Yep. All possibilities. It's going to be questioned. On that note, though, Nick, any final words before we get going? Uh, no final words. Uh, we'll see you guys again tonight for Mile High Insiders. Um, thank you guys for having me as always. You know, sorry if it's uh, I'm not a f- connected to the Falcons in any way other than I love to play uh, with them on Madden back when they had Michael Vick. And I thought the black and red <laughs> uniforms were sick. Vick was a cheat code. Oh, God, he was incredible. Uh, loved it. Um, but uh, I hopefully that uh, gives you guys a perspective that is less biased. And sometimes, you know, maybe it's not what you want to hear, but Again, I have no rooting interest for the Falcons other than I'm pulling for you guys for your enjoyment. So hopefully that gives you a uh, a more thorough and less clouded uh, perspective on these things. And I, not that you have that, Scott. That's something I respect. No, about and you. unfortunately, kind of- the bias for an Atlanta Falcons and Atlanta sports fan is usually negative. It's, yeah. a, it's a negative bias because you've been stomped on uh, mm-hmm. for for so many times. So it's uh, it's it's a negativity bias. So coming in, I usually. You know, when I see, uh, you know, rampant optimism on my Twitter feed, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're probably in your 20s, aren't you? <laughs> it's a good age check. On that yeah. note, uh, Gary Lee Palmer coming in saying hi, Scott and Nick. On this note, we're going to say aloha because aloha can also mean goodbye. And we're going to head over to uh, Nick's going to get out and walk the dog. I'm going to head over to Mile High Huddle right now for beckoning the Broncos uh, until next week at 9 a.m. Uh, same time, same place. We will see you later. Make sure you check out uh, Nick again tonight on Mile High Huddle at 8 o'clock Eastern uh, for those of you in our time zone. Until then, aloha, and uh, thanks for being here. Thank you for the support, Mark and Ethan, and we will see you next time.